Hey, this is Dan from Braille House with Transformation Radio. Stepping out the door 
following my law through the darkest night. And when the path gets narrow, I follow him. And now, as we turn our attention to the reading of the New Testament, our narrative will come from the book of Luke, chapter 14, verses 7 through 35. Here's a brief overview of what we'll be reading about in today's scripture. Now, Jesus advised people not to rush for the best places at a feast. Now, people today are just as eager to raise their social status, whether by being with the right people, dressing for success, maybe driving the right car. Whom do you try to impress? Rather than aiming for prestige, look for a place where you can serve. If God wants you to serve on a wider scale, He'll invite you to take a higher place. Now, Jesus taught two lessons here. First, He spoke to the guests, telling them not to seek places of honor. Service is more important in God's kingdom than status. Second, He told the host not to be exclusive about whom He invited. See, God opens His kingdom to everyone. So how can we humble ourselves? Well, some people try to uh, give the appearance of humility in order to manipulate others. Others think that humility means putting themselves down. Truly humble people compare themselves only with Christ, realize their sinfulness, and understand their limitations. On the other hand, they also recognize their gifts and strengths and are willing to use them as Christ directs. Humility is not self-degradation. It is realistic self-assessment and commitment to serve. Well, the man sitting at the table with Jesus envisioned the glory of God's kingdom, but he did not yet understand how to have a share in it. In Jesus' story, many people turned down the invitation to the banquet because the timing was inconvenient. Well, we too may resist or delay responding to God's invitation, and our excuses may sound reasonable. Work duties, family responsibilities financial needs, or other reasons. Nevertheless, God's invitation is the most important event in your life, no matter how inconveniently it may be timed. Are you making excuses to avoid responding to God's call? Well, Jesus reminds us that the time will come when God will pull His invitation and offer it to others. Then it will be too late to get into the banquet. Jesus' audience was well aware of what it meant to carry one's own cross. When the Romans led a criminal to his execution site, he was forced to carry the cross on which he would die. This showed his submission to Rome and warned observers that they had better submit too. Jesus made his statement to get the crowds to think through their enthusiasm for him. He encouraged those who were superficial either to go deeper or turn back. You know, following Christ means total submission to him, perhaps to the point of death. And with that, let's begin our reading today here in the New Testament. April 11th, the New Testament, Luke chapter 14, verses 7 through 35. 
When Jesus noticed that all who had come to the dinner were trying to sit in the seats of honor near the head of the table, he gave them this advice. When you are invited to a wedding feast, don't sit in the seat of honor. What if someone who is more distinguished than you has also been invited? The host will come and say, Give this person your seat. Then you will be embarrassed, and you will have to take whatever seat is left at the foot of the table. Instead, take the lowest place at the foot of the table. Then, when your host sees you, he will come and say, Friend, we have a better place for you. Then you will be honored in front of all the other guests. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Then he turned to his host. When you put on a luncheon or a banquet, he said, Don't invite your friends, brothers, relatives, and rich neighbors, for they will invite you back and that will be your only reward. Instead, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind. Then, at the resurrection of the righteous, God will reward you for inviting those who could not repay you. Hearing this, a man sitting at the table with Jesus exclaimed, What a blessing it will be to attend a banquet in the kingdom of God! Jesus replied with this story, A man prepared a great feast, and sent out many invitations. When the banquet was ready, he sent his servant to tell the guests, Come, the banquet is ready. But they all began making excuses. One said, I have just bought a field and must inspect it. Please excuse me. Another said, I have just bought five pairs of oxen, and I want to try them out. Please excuse me. Another said, I now have a wife, so I can't come. The servant returned and told his master what they had said. His master was furious and said, Go quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and invite the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. After the servant had done this, he reported, There is still room for more. So his master said, Go out into the country lanes and behind the hedges and urge anyone you find to come, so that the house will be full. For none of those I first invited will get even the smallest taste of my banquet. A large crowd was following Jesus. He turned around and said to them, If you want to be my disciple, you must hate everyone else by comparison. Your father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even your own life. Otherwise you cannot be my disciple. And if you do not carry your own cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. But don't begin until you count the cost. Or who would begin construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there is enough money to finish it? Otherwise, you might complete only the foundation before running out of money. And then everyone would laugh at you. They would say, there's the person who started that building and couldn't afford to finish it. Or what king would go to war against another king without first sitting down with his counselors to discuss whether his army of 10,000 could defeat the 20,000 soldiers marching against him? And if he can't, he will send a delegation to discuss terms of peace while the enemy is still far away. So you cannot become my disciple without giving up everything you own. Salt is good for seasoning, but if it loses its flavor... How do you make it salty again? Flavorless salt is good neither for the soil nor for the manure pile. It is thrown away. Anyone with ears to hear 
should listen and understand. Psalm 80, verses 1 through 9. 
Here's a brief commentary on what we'll be reading today here in the Psalms. Cherubim are mighty angels. That God is enthroned above the cherubim is a reminder of His presence on the Ark of the Covenant. And twice the writer calls on God to turn us again to yourself. You know, before God can turn us to Himself, we must turn away from sin. Repentance involves humbling ourselves and turning to God to receive His forgiveness. As we turn to God, He helps us to see ourselves, including our sin, more clearly. Then as we see our sin, we must repeat the process of repentance. Only then can we constantly be restored to fellowship with God. We'll uh, read this term, the son of your choice, in this psalm. It's probably not the Messiah, but Israel, whom God calls elsewhere his firstborn son. It's back in Exodus chapter 4, verse 22. The psalm writer here is making a plea that God would restore his mercy to Israel, the people he chose to bring his message into the world. Psalm 80, verses 1 through 19. For the choir director, a psalm of Asaph, to be sung to the tune, Lilies of the Covenant. Please listen, O shepherd of Israel, you who lead Joseph's descendants like a flock. O God, enthroned above the cherubim, display your radiant glory to Ephraim, Benjamin, and Manasseh. Show us your mighty power. Come to rescue us. Turn us again to yourself, O God. Make your face shine down upon us. Only then will we be saved. O Lord God of heaven's armies, how long will you be angry with our prayers? You have fed us with sorrow and made us drink tears by the bucketful. You have made us the scorn of neighboring nations. Our enemies treat us as a joke. Turn us again to yourself, O God of heaven's armies. Make your face shine down upon us. Only then will we be saved. You brought us from Egypt like a grapevine. You drove away the pagan nations and transplanted us into your land. You cleared the ground for us, and we took root and filled the land. Our shade covered the mountains. Our branches covered the mighty cedars. We spread our branches west to the Mediterranean Sea. Our shoots spread east to the Euphrates River. But now... Why have you broken down our walls, so that all who pass by may steal our fruit? The wild boar from the forest devours it, and the wild animals feed on it. Come back, we beg you, O God of heaven's armies. Look down from heaven and see our plight. Take care of this grapevine that you yourself have planted, this son you have raised for yourself. For we are chopped up and burned by our enemies. May they perish at the sight of your frown. Strengthen the man you love, the son of your choice. Then we will never abandon you again. Revive us so we can call on your name once more. Turn us again to yourself, O Lord, God of heaven's armies. Make your face shine down upon us. Only then will we be saved. Proverbs chapter 12, verses 27 and 28. Lazy people don't even cook the game they catch but the diligent make use of everything they find. The way of the godly leads to life. That path does not lead to death. Hello, this is Christopher phasing up from 2 to 3. Um, I just want to talk about a little bit about what God's been doing in my life. Um, the refuge is great. Um, I've been able to encounter God and get closer with Him, um, get into the Word more. 
a lot of people out there um, are dying and going to hell. And I feel like the refuge is preparing me to go out and to speak to people about Jesus. And the only thing that's ever been able to help me to get off um, the drugs and alcohol and pass that along to other people who don't know the real answer and the real truth and the uh, only real true way to seek forgiveness and the love of God. And I just thank everyone who's been a part of the process for me in the refuge. Reach out and you find me. 
And I 